Welcome to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond, Episode 74, When Anxiety Interrupts Your Life, with Valerie Udozor. We talk about anxiety a lot in terms of our patients, but students, adults, all of us experience anxiety. Anxiety is actually very normal, and a little bit of anxiety is actually healthy. It can keep you kind of going, but there's a difference when anxiety starts to interrupt your life. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. The unsung heroes of the pandemic are in our hospitals every day. In today's episode, nursing professor, playwright, screenwriter, and Los Angeles alumni chapter member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, Valerie Udozor, joins us to share how she and her nursing students have been managing to preserve their own mental health while being of service to their patients. Professor Udozor encourages you to focus on getting more sleep and using your fitness routine to address the many traumatizing events our community has had to endure over the last two years. Learn how she pays it forward by investing in the talents of her college alumni to produce plays and films that educate, entertain, and inspire. Enjoy. Today is a special treat. I have invited my high school and college buddy on the podcast to share some of her divine lessons with us. Playwright, screenwriter, and college professor Valerie Aline Udozor of the Los Angeles Alumni Chapter of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated is with us. Welcome to the podcast, Val. How's it going? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Did you have a good Christmas? I had a wonderful Christmas, just very simple with family. Just relaxing, huh? Yep. It's the little things, girl. Oh, my God. I just have to say that I told you this before, but it just really touched my heart that you read my book. We went through Howard together, but you actually read it. That is that is a friend right there. You know, I appreciate you. Well, people need to read more books. and Your experience is, is great for the current, past, and present college student. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. We've been rolling since high school. But I'm glad you changed a lot of the names. Right. All, all them parties and clubs. That wasn't me, was it? Oh, no, that's another name. <laughs> that's right. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm protecting the innocent. That is right. <laughs> you are hilarious. All right. Well, I got to congratulate you. You got a new position now as a nursing professor, right? At Santa Monica College. Tell us about that. Thank you so much. So yeah, in addition to theater arts, which is what we study, I got into the medical profession, which is not surprising as my grandmother was a registered nurse, one of the first Black nurses who helped to eradicate the polio virus. And as you know, my mother is a physician. She's the first Black woman to graduate from the University of Louisville Medical School in 1957. So I did get that love of arts and science. So I started practicing nursing and then I got into nursing education because I, I saw the issues with nurses and I said, how can we be better? So I got into nursing education and I went from LA City College as a assistant to faculty to Pasadena City College as a full-time faculty member. And most recently, I got to my dream junior college, which is our very own wonderful Santa Monica College. Yeah, go beach. So I am part of their esteemed nursing faculty currently as of August 30th. 
2021. So thank you. I'm excited about it. Congratulations. My goodness. Your mom. Wow. The first doctor or the first Black person you said at that college. That's incredible. Yeah. To graduate from their medical school, there's an amazing picture on the internet with her classmates. She's one of six women and the only Black in her class and the first Black graduate of that medical school in 1957. So, wow. Legacy. I love it. Now, on this podcast, you know, we deal with college students, and I particularly focus on that college freshman that's in transition, you know, dealing with anxiety in that new environment, as well as that college graduate that's heading out into that workforce. So, you know, all of us deal with anxiety, but particularly students, you know. So as a professor, I'm wondering, do you have these mental health conversations with your students? Absolutely. What I actually teach in the nursing program, I teach fundamentals of nursing. So when they first come in the program, They meet me. And my other area where I'm the lead instructor is actually in for mental health nursing. So I go into psych wards and I deal with mental health. And I'm glad you brought that up because in every single lecture and anxiety, I will share with you the lecture I do on anxiety, chapter 14 in our book. Most of the students were sharing their own stories and we were talking about how to deal with our own anxiety as people you know, as nurses in the middle of a pandemic, as people who have to deal with all this and go into these hospitals, as students, as being a student in the middle of a pandemic and not know if you're going to graduate on time, all the uncertainty, being at home, going to school, that works for some people, but for others, they can't stand it. Not knowing, meeting their classmates in person, um, test anxiety. So we talk about anxiety a lot in terms of our patients, but students, adults, all of us experience anxiety. Anxiety is actually very normal and a little bit of anxiety is actually healthy. It can keep you kind of going, but there's a difference when anxiety starts to interrupt your life. And that's what we kind of talk about, like the difference between test anxiety, you know, a little bit of anxiety and when anxiety becomes an actual mental disorder, you know, where you need therapy, medication and things like that. Wow. You're right. I didn't even think about that. The students are sitting there trying to figure out if they're going to graduate or not, if they're going to finish. Yeah. Or if we're going to shut down again, you know, if the hospitals for nursing, if the hospitals don't accept us, then school is halted. So it's a touch and go. And then going into the hospitals, which is a wonderful thing. And I want to encourage my black and brown students to consider medical professions because it's a wonderful thing to be out there supporting people during this pandemic with their mental health and their physical health. It's a wonderful thing to be out there serving. We always talk about service within Delta Sigma Theta, within our spirituality, we talk about service. And it's wonderful to be a nurse and get out there every day and do it. But there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it. And I think with any profession, whether you're going to go out there and be a teacher, a business person, an, an artist, you know, there's anxiety. What if they reject me? What if I'm not good enough? What if I don't really belong? There's anxieties every day. There's financial anxieties right now. You know, there's the anxiety of uncertainty. So there's things that we can do. We talk a lot about deep breathing, breathing through your nostrils. We talk about journaling. We talk about the power of exercise and movement. We talk about eating well. All these things you can do. Students, getting enough sleep. We've got to start getting sleep. This is a huge thing with students. We stay up all night because we're nervous and worried. We have to focus as much on sleep as we do on social media. Mm. When do I need to start getting ready to go to sleep? What do I need to turn off to go to sleep? Do I need to start getting ready two hours before 
students and adults, we're not sleeping enough. And we need to sleep to be productive individuals. We really do. And have our mental health as well. Wow. So powerful. And it's so good to hear that the future generation is going to be not just medical professionals, but they're really tapping into their emotional health at the same time. Because, you know, sometimes you go into the medical appointments and you're not sure if there's a camaraderie or a a real emotional connection with your doctor. So it's good to hear that you've got nurses that are tapping into their emotional stability as well as their profession. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We talk about self and self-awareness every week and how we as professionals, you know, whether you're going into nursing or law or whatever you're going into, how we can take care of ourselves. We want to be so great and do all these great things. We want to be parents. You know, I'm a parent of two sons. I'm, I'm a wife, all these things that everybody wants. But how are you feeding yourself to be your best at all these things? You know, you guys, you want to be a great girlfriend. You want to be a wonderful professional and get the bag or whatever you want to do. <laughs> I, don't right. think, I, don't really think, I don't really think the bag has anything to do with happiness and mental wellness, but but right. I see y'all. So, okay, mm-hmm. how true. can you be strong enough to do that and get what you want? You know, maintaining a certain lifestyle does, you know, not necessarily a bag. I think maybe I think more in terms of how can I make sure I keep this home? I have a home. How can I make sure I maintain this mortgage? How can I take care of my kids? How can I live the lifestyle I want and eat the food I want? So I have to be well to do all that. I have to be mentally and physically well. And that includes sleep, happiness, you know, all that stuff I mentioned, journaling, exercise, all that. This is so powerful. So it's so great that they have you as a professor to have these heart to heart conversations. So do you find that with the students, they want to stay the course? They still want to be in the profession? The COVID pandemic has not scared them away from the profession? No, I think the ones that we have now, I mean, the ones who are enrolled now, they know what it is. They see it for what it is. I think people who fell off, fell off about March 2020 when that thing first hit and we had to revamp. And then that first semester where we had to sit out and then we had to come back between October, fall semester, like August through December 2020, which was the worst. And we had to get out in those hospitals during the worst. I think anybody who decided that it wasn't for them probably fell off at that point or didn't even go in because it was rough. I I admit it was rough and I had to tend to my own mental health because it was very difficult not knowing the unknown. We didn't have vaccines last winter. I mean, we were going in there and patients were converting and testing positive all day and you didn't know what could happen. You know, I have an older mother and my biggest fear was bringing the stupid, crazy virus home and something happening to her. But I made it, you know, <laughs> and those who are still here, I think they're just excited. The profession has a new respect, finally, that it didn't have before. Y'all, the whole world slept. I've been saying nurses were superheroes for the last since 1997. You guys have been revering LeBron James and all these people. Not that they're not great, but if you're about to die, who's at your side? Mm. It's it's your healthcare professional. So finally, that's one thing I can say about the pandemic. The world started to acknowledge nurses and what they do. And I've always done that. So I was just like, finally, takes a pandemic and 4 million people dead for y'all to recognize our profession. You know, not just nurses, the people who clean up the hospital too, the CNAs, the custodial workers. All those people, social workers, everybody in the hospital, doctors, surgeons, physician assistants, all those people. So, you know, there's good and the bad. And I think people who are in it are there and they love it and they're ready for the challenge and they're ready to reap the the joy of it as well. That joy of service that I mentioned, 
And you said my students probably love me. I think they like me, Yoli. But then when the tests come, they don't really like me that much, Yoli. <laughs> I, I, the, the tune changes. <laughs> not so popular. Oh, God. You are too much. Oh, the look my. on their faces when the exam comes is kind of yeah. like they want to hurt me. <laughs> it switches up. I find it interesting. It's a love-hate. With their with professor Udozer. <laughs> love it. I love it. Now you've been telling us how you nurture yourself by resting. I love that. And I was gonna ask you, like, wow, your own anxiety coming home and, and you laid that out about being concerned about your mom. Wow, I can really understand that. So how else have you been taking care of yourself? So you're journaling, you're you're sleeping well. What else are you doing to just take care of you to release? Well. I work on all these things, Yoli. I want to I want to say because a lot of people get on these podcasts like they're they just got it down pat. And I want to say, I want to be very honest and say it's a work in progress. And I constantly work at these things. Like I said, some people constantly work at their eyelashes or making sure they have the top car or whatever we as a community and culture are prioritizing. But I work at these things. I think about sleep. I think about my mental health. I've always journaled. I've downloaded some apps since the pandemic. There's the one called Calm. There's a Calm app. There's the one called, it's a something timer. It's a timer app. Oh, yeah. Insight timer. Mm-hmm. Insight timer. A lot of people of color are on there. I have a gym that I go to in my community. It's called Thrive Health Lab. And it's an amazing fitness center. They did a lot of virtual classes during the pandemic. I do believe that exercise is something, and moving our bodies, simple movement of our bodies is something that we as a community, as Black people, I'm just going to say it, and Black women yeah, and young Black people, we are lacking in that area. We need to get more behind this fitness game, okay? We do. We are a culture and a community of people who has been traumatized. Watching someone get murdered by the police, watching a video 15, 20 times, watching Ahmaud Arbery the week before, watching just recently the Caucasian woman that thought she was tasing the boy and shot him. My husband had that on the other day. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He just had the news on, but I screamed, turn it off, turn it off. I'm not watching that anymore. I went off. I said, I'm not watching that anymore. That is traumatizing. So I sit here just to say that I am a work in progress. And I feel that we as a culture, we have to start looking at things like exercise that help our mental health. Moving our bodies, moving your body has been proven to work on depression and anxiety. We have to be cognizant about it and say, how am I going to get that workout or walk in today? Do I need to go on an online video on demand? Do I need to go outside and take a walk? You know, I know it's hard with the gyms during the pandemic, but do I need to join the gym? And the pandemic is not going to be forever. I've been working out with my mask, doing yogas, yoga classes. I love weights. It just gives you a sense of well-being. So I do look at exercise as therapy. One of my trainer friends had online that exercise is medicine. And that is true. It feels like it for me. Like if I don't move my body and exercise, I do feel a little bit off. I do. I'll do like three 10-minute workouts and feel better. There's a lot of resources for mental health therapy. During the pandemic, I started listening to a podcast, another great podcast called Therapy for Black Girls. Oh yeah. And I know they have it for all kinds of people. I know they got therapy for Black boys, therapy for Asian women, therapy for LGBTQ. They have it for everybody. And they had a resource of therapists on there. So I took it upon myself and I reached out to one of them, a young Black woman therapist that I found on there. And it was perfect because she could understand 
what it's like to be Black during a pandemic, during a double pandemic, where we have a racial uprising. I was working with some people who were kind of triggering an anger in me that was not healthy. I admit that. You know, we have a whole society of people in our culture. We have a whole group of supporters of our former president who are traumatizing. It's traumatizing. They're almost supporting like the evil in the world. And it's hurtful. So I had to work in an environment with someone like that. And I said, if I don't seek out some help, I'm either going to get a bat and knock this person over the head or crumble. And we all know that that violence is not the answer. And if I'm that angry, then I need some help. So I sought out somebody, a wonderful female therapist that I found on Therapy for Black Girls, just to kind of talk me through my anger. And she validated like anger is real. You know, you're out here. I'm trying to raise sons. I'm trying to be my best. And then I'm being countered with all this mess, you know, and it's it's pent up anger that we have. It's pent up. It's it's not just from 2020 to now. It's pent up. All of us have had experiences with maybe a professor, I'll say it, or our job, someone attacking our our race, maybe in that micro aggressive way that we're like, wait, wait, what? You know, within our education systems, in public, within work relationships. And that's all it causes pent up anger, which is not healthy. You know, it causes stress. And we're all a little bit as a society, traumatized, I think. And, you know, everybody, therapy is a luxury. It costs money. There's a lot of free resources. But, you know, it's just sad how we're set up to not address mental health and we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough therapists of color. We don't have enough doctors of color. We don't have enough nurses of color. We don't see enough people who we relate to. And going back to what you asked me, I really found that that podcast therapy for Black girls, like they could relate. And, and finding that therapist on there, she can relate to my anger that I have. I'm supposed to be this great professional, leading people, leading nurses, raising sons, but I have anger. I better get that under control because you can't really walk around like that. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And you're a leader. Absolutely. You can't. These, all, everybody, if you're a preacher, whatever you're doing, if you're a role model, they call it influencer, you better get yourself in order because none of us are perfect. And we have to get ourselves in order. And again, I do that. I use therapy. I use exercise. Sleep is important. I try my best to eat well. I feel a lot better when I'm eating better. Now, don't get me wrong. You know me. Yes. You know I like my sugars. Right. I love my sweets. I like my beer, Yoli. Ain't right. not much changed since I was 19. <laughs> Keep it real. Yes. <laughs> Keep it real. But these things got to be controlled. These things right. have to be, I have to be cognizant of myself. Yeah. I mean, come on. I do. I love it. Oh my God. I love you, Val. You are just oh, man. Cool. I love you too, girl. You know what? What you're saying is so powerful. And thank you for shouting out therapy for black girls. We do have a, a couple therapists from that platform. So I'm glad to know that, you know, there's a there's a synergy happening with that podcast because they are very powerful. Now, I also wanted to talk about your community service. You mentioned it earlier, being a Delta. You're here as a part of our Divine Nine series, and I I wanted to get an idea of who or what inspired you. Was it your mom to join your sorority in particular? Oh, absolutely. My mother, my mother, my aunt, my mother has been a Delta, and all the Deltas know my mother. She will tell you that she is one of the Delta sorors who did the duck walk, which is something they used to do a long time ago. And I'm always like, Mom, can you duck walk for me? She's like, I'm 80-something. I'm not going to duck walk. You had to be there to see me duck walk. (laughs) 
So if there's any SARS out there, whether you are AKA Delta Zeta, if you can get my mom to duck walk, like I'd be so happy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But okay. my mother has always been an amazing community trailblazer. And yes, she was always active with the Deltas, doing service, doing seminars, using her medical background as a role model and sharing information with the community. So that was always great. I had my aunt in Massachusetts was also a Delta and she was also a professor and very active in just all this, these youth activities. So for me, you know, I've always been into community uplifting with our youth. Most of my stage plays that I wrote have to do with youth and helping youth make better choices. So to me, Delta is one sorority where community service is a pillar. And it just, you know, there, it was a no-brainer for me. My sister's a Delta as well. So I, I think it's a great organization. They do amazing things with youth. I've always volunteered with Delta Academy, a program for young girls. They have Embody, a program for young men. Just amazing. Social Action Committee, Arts and Letters, where they showcase Black artists. I mean, it's just amazing what these women do. It's, it's phenomenal. And we're here for the community. You know, everybody thinks it's about being cute and whatever. We're here for the community. And that, that's basically it. That's community service. I was going to say, I know for a fact that you definitely walk the walk and pay it forward. That's why you're one of my closest friends, people I can turn to. You're a mentor to me as well. And you talked to me also about how, you know, Howard grads, you know, that you actually go back to our alma mater and use them as interns for your independent films. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I have so many Howard grads that work with me. And ironically, I don't know how I meet them. I just meet them. And they're all younger than me. I'm like, good Lord, are they getting younger? <laughs> they're like, oh, I graduated in 2015. I'm like, oh, wow. Right. We're not graduating? Right. Okay, I, something's wrong here. But anyway. if anyone wants to check out my short films as well as being a nursing professor like Yoli said I am also a filmmaker well I started at a high school for the arts with Yolanda and we went to Howard University Fine Arts we graduated (laughs) so I write and produce and I have short films they're all on well most of them are on Tubi Tubi is a hugely popular streaming free network so if you get that Tubi network You can watch my films, Hope for Dating in L.A., which is about dating in Los Angeles. You can watch my film, Burned Out Nurse, which is about a registered nurse who becomes addicted to Vicodin. And I got that comedy for you, bougie-ass Brandon, because I'm I'm every woman. I'm multifaceted. I'm serious. But I have a ridiculous side as well, which I love. So I wrote a movie called Bougie-Ass Brandon about Brandon, who is bougie. He's a germaphobe. Talk about his dating issues. And it's just about 17 minutes of foolery, and you will laugh. I also have films on BeHerk TV. That's the Black Hollywood Education and Resource Center. My play turn films are on there. I have a play turn film called Deleted, which is on there, and a play turn film called The Lockdown Club, starring Ted Lange from The Love Boat. It's about six students stuck in a classroom due to an outside active shooter while the school's on lockdown, and they're kind of pondering their mental health and pondering their life. So go on the Tubi channel or beherp.org and you can watch my short films. Now back to what you asked me. So all those films, Burned Out Nurse stars a young lady named Narlia Sterling who helped produce it. She's a Howard grad. She is connected to all these Howard grads. Ebony Price, 
was the first assistant director on that film. And then I have, at the time, Khadijah Lewis was a production assistant. So all these young ladies now who are Howard grads work with me on a few of my short films and they have all moved up to producer status. They've all got their own films streaming on networks and just amazing growth. And we stay in touch. I know Ebony Price has a a new film coming out called Hard. So I supported their fundraiser. She has a fundraising thing going on. She's a Howard grad director. And we just stay in touch and, and keep that Howard thing going. Every time I'm on a set, there's like a Howard grad there. I did a film, a short film during the pandemic with Dot McDonald, or rather she got married. So Dorothea St. Floor film is called Dirty 30. The director, so Dot starred and produced. She's a Howard alum. The director was, I wanted Ebony, the Howard alum director, to direct it. So she directed it and it was great. So we had this Howard thing going on. Richard Turrentine, who was our cinematographer, is also a Howard University graduate. And he was the cinematographer for my short film, Deleted, as well. So, you know, we just, we kind of keep it in the Howard family. We stay in touch. We use each other for referrals. You know, I love our school. It's not perfect, but neither is Harvard. Right. So I'll just leave that alone. I know there's a lot of talk going around. Um, That's our school and we love our school and we support our school. All day. I love it. Wow. You have given me a powerful, powerful interview. I'm so glad. This just felt like us just talking on the phone. I just, I really love this, you know, final words. You know, I always like to wrap up with encouraging words for our listeners, particularly those that are thinking about, you know, joining a Greek organization. You have been an incredible example of community service. So what are some encouraging words for that person that's considering any Greek organization as they move forward? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're considering a Greek organization, just look at it like when you're about to do anything in life, why are you doing it? Ask yourself, why? Why? Am I doing it because I want to be cute? Am I doing it because I think she's cute and I want to do it because she's cute? Or do I really admire that person's work and service? What are the outreach programs of that organization, that Greek organization that you want to join? Does that match your goals? Think about your legacy. What do you want to leave behind? You know, how do you want to be an example for your kids or your students or the people who look up to you? You know, and I know if you're a student or you're younger, you don't think anybody's looking up to you, but trust me, people are. So what do you want to be out there doing? What do you want to contribute to the world? What does this organization stand for? What is the track record of this organization? What have they done in the community? You know, what are they affiliated with? Who are they affiliated with? And if it's something you really want to do, and if it's that important to you, I know a lot of us, it's our family legacy. And that's not a reason to just jump in just because your family legacy is. But if that's something you want to keep going in your family and you're down for this particular organization and they stand for what you stand for, it's a beautiful thing to be a legacy and keep that in your family. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. So yeah, think about it and think about, you know, the timing. Is it right for you? And if you really want to do it, you'll do it. Right. You know, I love this. Thank you so much. Another thing I want to say about joining, a lot of people think, oh, you just pay and you join. No, you have to be a servant. You have to start serving your community and don't just jump and try to do three volunteer activities because you want to be a Delta or you want to do whatever. They're looking for a history of service. What have you done? They're looking to see what you have done in your community. Have you served at your church? Have you served? What have you done? How much of your life have you given to service, to community service. So I had to add that. 
as well. Wow. I mean, leave it to you to bring it all the way down front. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much. Now, if they want to find you online and learn more about you and your work, where can they go on Instagram or LinkedIn? Sure. I do have Instagram. It's at plays by value. So that's my Instagram and my Twitter, I think. Yeah. So that's at plays by value plays like stage play. And then I'm on LinkedIn with my full name, Valerie Udozer. And yeah, if you want to check out my foundation website and see details about all my plays and I have all my trailers up, you can go to www.youthcarefoundation.net. www.youthcarefoundation.net. And I have like a nice pictures from all my plays and I have the trailer on my website for each of my short films. And again, hop on Tubi streaming. If you ain't got nothing to do, watch some free movies. <laughs> Bougie Ass Brandon, Hope for Dating in LA, Burned Out Nurse, The Lockdown Club, and Deleted Film, all on Tubi TV and Be Herc TV streaming networks. Love it, love it. Well, this has been amazing. I'm so glad to call you friend, sister, mentor. <laughs> nice. Man, my life since the beginning. Okay. And you're yeah. here. I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm thinking people who went to Howard with us, they'll be like, okay, yeah, Valerie and Yoli. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the two Cali girls, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Causing a mess. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Coming full circle. All right. Well, you know, as we head into this new year, I wish you so much success, continued success, you know continued success on your mental health journey as well. Cause we're all on that mental health journey and just thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. God bless you. And God bless everybody listening. We got this, you guys. We do. We're, we do. we're all stronger than we think. That's it. All right, lady, you take care of yourself. We'll talk soon. All right. Happy new year. Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Wow. Your mental health is a work in progress. Be sure to nurture it every day. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about our upcoming Be Bold, Be Brave, Be You mini course, join our mailing list at thebacktomeproject.com. Until next time, be well. Be well.